What's up, boxing fans? This is Sides of Boxing with your host, JJ Sermon. In this podcast, JJ gives an in-depth analysis of nearly every fight, from undercards to main events. Now, let's get into the ring. What's up, what's up, what's up? So on this episode of Sides of Boxing, I'm going to get into the Sergey Kovalov versus Canelo Alvarez fight, as well as Ryan Garcia versus Romero Duno. And I got another fight with Miguel Burchett versus Jason Sosa. So let's get straight into it. To start things off, I'm going to get into the notable mentions who are just some boxers who did great this past weekend. One of them was Richardson Hitchens. He improves his record to 10-0, so he's still undefeated in this campaign with five KOs, and he beat Kevin Johnson in the welterweight division. This was a 10-round fight. He did a pretty good job, winning majority of the rounds, so I just wanted to point him out. As well as Renato Romero, he's a fighter in the TMT, which is the Floyd Mayweather promotion, and he signed to them, so... He did a good job improving the 10-0 as well with 9 KO. So he has power and he's been calling out a lot of boxers, the young ones. So we'll probably see that in the near future. But yeah, definitely wanted to point out him because he did a great job this past weekend. And I want to say is one more that I can think of, which was Javier Molina, who got a first round KO against Haruko Kodata. And this was... In the junior welterweight division, which is a 140-pound division, 10-round fight, but he got a KO in that first round, did what he needed to do, and improved his record to 21-2 and two with nine KOs. So that's all I have for the notable mentions. Now let's get into the big fights of the weekend. The first one I want to talk about is the Miguel Burchett versus Jason Sosa. Miguel Burchett came into this fight with 36 wins, one loss, and 32 KOs in his campaign versus Jason Sosa, who came into this fight with 23 wins, three losses, and four draws with 16 KOs. And this is for the Super Featherweight Division, a 12-rounder. And then this is for Burchett's WBC Super Featherweight title. And this is his sixth defense of that title. So he's been holding it for a while, and nobody is beating him. And he's still proven, even in this fight, that he is a man to fear and a man that you're going to have to absolutely dominate if you're going to take that belt away from him. In this fight, Miguel Burchett got a second round knockdown in which he just literally caught Jason Sosa off guard. And he never could regain his footing. And he just pretty much just hit him. He was just hitting him like, poom, poom. Like with left, right, left, left, right. He was just throwing as many as he could to the point which hawking him down to the point where he fell. And then in round four came, he hit him with a body shot and it just tore him up. And one thing about Miguel Burchett, he is a great offensive fighter. His defense needs some work because he just throws a flurry of punches. However, all his opponents do not know how to adjust to that and they're not throwing enough counters. They're not doing anything to affect him. And that's due to his game and how great, great he is as an opponent. But I just feel like 
he he definitely just knew that he had Jason Sosa beat, and he literally just took advantage of that. And in round four, he was just, just dominating him. Like I said, he got that body shot, and then he went down because that body shot really hurt Jason Sosa. Then he caught him in the face with the right hook, I want to say, and then it dropped him. And then after that, they just Miguel Berche just started throwing flurries, man, like flurry, 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 like. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't snowing, but man, it was a bunch of punches thrown, and that was pretty much it. The refs, I mean, the judges, not the judges, but the ring. His his corner ended up just like, nah, we done. Like, yeah, you gotta finish this because Jason was getting out there getting demolished, man. It was looking bad. So that's how that went. He got a fourth round KO win. So that's. That's really good for him. He improves his record now to 37 wins, one loss, and 33 KOs. Now he's going to move on to hopefully he can get a unification fight, man. That's what I'm hoping for. He definitely deserves it. But um, he, he just needs to keep winning. Eventually it's going to come. So that's all I got to say about this fight. The next fight now is with the Ryan Garcia versus Romero Duno. So let's get into it. Ryan Garcia came into this fight with 18 wins, 15 KOs versus Romero Duno, who had 21 wins, one loss with 16 KOs in his campaign. And this is for the lightweight division, which is a 135 pound division, who has world champions, which include Devin Haney, Lomachenko, as well as Richard Comey. This fight right here was a really good and entertaining fight because it happened so fast and because Ryan Garcia Prove the doubters wrong. Ryan Garcia is a guy who had a lot of amateur fights as a backstory, who was not a guy who just popped up on Instagram with a whole bunch of followers, almost 4 million. Now he has 4 million followers, who just popped up just because everybody likes him and he has like this Oscar De La Hoya type of vibe in which people say that, that he's like the golden child, the golden boy of boxing and the next big Mexican star. And, and I definitely believe that Ryan Garcia is a guy who put in the work, who actually got here just due to him putting in a lot of work. He won a lot of titles when he was an amateur. He actually beat Devin Haney in the amateurs. He beat a lot of good fighters in the amateurs. So this guy isn't just somebody who's just good for Instagram and showing that he can box. No, he actually really can box. And he proved it against Romero Duno. So a backstory about how this fight happened. Ryan Garcia was supposed to fight Avery Sparrow like a, a couple months back, but didn't wasn't able to fight him because of whatever reason, Avery Sparrow wasn't uh, doing what he needed to do. That's all I'm going to say about that. And the police were looking for him and the fight got canceled. But they, they were trying to find a replacement literally the day of the fight. And Romero Duno was the name that kept popping up. Sources said that Romero, that Ryan Garcia was scared that he didn't want to fight Romero Duno. So Romero Duno took advantage of that with publicity and said, hey, hey, I have shirts on. Say, don't run from me, Ryan, etc. Things of that nature. And so that's what led us to this fight. Ryan Garcia came out and said, oh, no, I wasn't scared of no Romero Duno. I ain't scared of nobody. Let me go ahead and sh shut that down because whatever sources you got isn't correct. And he, yeah, like, I like that he took that fight. Romero Duno, and now they had it, and Ryan Garcia dominated him, man. First round KO, man. That was it. 
I mean, over with. Couldn't look back. I mean, he caught him in the back of the ear, knocked him out. But he, he just—he was just a stronger, faster, bigger fighter. Literally, just dominated Romero Duno, and and it was such a uh, such an amazing moment because now people are going to actually think of Ryan Garcia as one of the next up up and coming fighters who actually can fight, who actually can win world titles. And that's a good thing for boxing, man, because he has everything to help our sport become great and continue to keep on that legacy because we need people who have a lot of followers who can get bring in the casual fans and can bring boxing to another level and bring more revenue for us to to keep this sport going. So Mario Garcia did a great job. Hopefully in 2020 he ends up getting the title shot, but a lot of things have to work itself out. But we will see. We will see. So that's all I got to say about Ryan Garcia. Great job. He's going to continue to improve. Now he's 19-0 with 16 KOs, and he's on the right path to being a world champion. So now let's get into the, the last fight that I want to talk about, which is the Canelo Alvarez fight versus Sergey Kovalov. Canelo Alvarez came into this fight with 52 wins, one loss, and two draws with 35 KOs versus Sergey Kovalov, who came into this fight with 34 wins, three losses, and one draw with 29 KOs in his campaign. And this is for the light heavyweight division, which is the 175-pound division, and this was a 12-round fight that lived up, in my opinion, to the hype. This fight, a lot of people were saying that Canelo was going to win due to body shots. He was going to get inside. But uh, uh, there were also people that were saying that Sergey Kovalov is one of the technicians when it comes to that jab. So he knows how to use the jab. He has a power jab. He has a jab that is hard to get past. So it was going to make for an entertaining fight. When the fight started, it was something that was very interesting. I would say that Canelo was trying to literally just bring the pressure. And Kovalev, all he did was literally just keep that jab hand out, keep that jab hand out, and keep that jab hand out. He was making sure that he kept a distance from Canelo. He made sure that he did everything he could to make sure that Canelo wasn't coming inside and wasn't pressuring him to the point where he can get inside to hit those body shots. It was a very... It, it seemed very weird as well because, like, in round one... I gave it to Kovalev because he just was leading with the jab and he was fainting a lot. When he got to round two, Canelo started really starting to back him up. He was um, he was countering Kovalev in that jab hand. Canelo just was so confident in his power and his strength and who he was to the point where Kovalev looked a lot timid. And they kept going back and forth. I, I felt like they was in rounds three. Uh, Kovalev moved his head a lot. And like I said, he kept fainting. And they was exchanging left hooks and straight jabs. And it was it was pretty entertaining. But most of the time, though, Kovalev was moving. Kovalev wasn't sitting still. He kept doing what he needed to do to avoid those body shots. And one thing Canelo started doing as round four came along and, and beyond was he started doing counters, but counter shots to the body. Those were really effective shots because he started, every time Kovalev started throwing that to jab hand, he was just countering with that left hook to the body and it was making some 
effects on Kovalev, and I feel like he was probably going to wear down on him as the later rounds came on. Another thing was Kovalev, when when it started getting towards the middle rounds, towards getting to the later rounds, Kovalev seemed like he didn't, he never threw anything with conviction. He never threw anything like he wanted to KO Canelo. It seemed like he was just trying to survive, even though he wasn't, in my opinion, he wasn't losing the fight convincingly. Like it wasn't like a big blowout. He was actually winning by staying on the on the outside and jabbing and being lateral and moving around. But it still his shots wasn't nothing that was making Canelo literally like think about coming in next. It was literally just like, okay, you hit me. Okay. I'm ready for the next one. Okay, I'm ready for the next one because I'm going to keep fighting through it because your shots are not affecting how I'm going to fight in this fight. And that's pretty much what just kept happening, man. And Kovalev slowly started just throwing less punches. He slowly started to, to, to back up and go on the ropes a little bit more, and it started to look worse and worse. And then when around 11 came... Canelo just literally just ended it, man. He he just literally caught him with the shot, got him on the rope, started beating him up and with some nice hooks, and that was it, man. Yeah, and one thing that Canelo did very well in his fight, in the, in this fight in particular, is that he didn't allow Kovalev to clinch. Like, every time Kovalev was trying to clinch up, Canelo would just literally push him back push him back and that's what i was saying it was so surprising because i'm like kovalev you're the bigger guy you can clinch but it seemed like every time canelo was not letting him and that's what led to him getting the ko because kovalev tried to clinch again and canelo said i'm not having it i'm gonna outpower you and pushed him away and then landed a powerful right hook that stunned him and ended up getting him knocked out and i don't think the fight was fixed i definitely think it was a real good fight could have been better, but I do think the issue was mainly because of when the fight started. It started at almost 1.30 a.m. Eastern time. That is ridiculous. And I know that they had a UFC fight. That was a huge fight because it was Jorge Masvidal, and it was just a, a huge, spectacular thing. But it you should have just... Canelo's our biggest, biggest fighter in boxing today. Why isn't he competing with the UFC with where it comes to views? Like, I just feel like that shouldn't have been an issue. Like, literally do it. Like, just push and see where it goes. If it's not as big views-wise, et cetera, then okay. But you learn from it. But to, to rob the people who actually went to the event and had to wait that many hours just to see Canelo and Kovalev, that is a waste of money. But let's say you've been there for almost five hours at a boxing event, like probably longer than that, winning on the main event fight because you want to push it back due to the UFC. I'm like, you might as well, for the for the people that showed up to the fight, you might as well should have put the UFC fight on the screen and just get on the free viewing because obviously Canelo and Kovalev wasn't that important to them because like they paid their tickets to see Canelo and Kovalev. They didn't pay their tickets to see the UFC fight. So there shouldn't have been an issue as to why they didn't play the fight this they when it when it when it needed to be played because I believe that they could have started this fight before the UFC main event even happened. But no, they wanted to push it back to it completely ended, which took forever for the end and this is the consequence that it led to. 
I I think boxing needs to just we need to just they need to get more organized to be more confident. We can draw people and we can get a lot of people to watch these fights, but taking the back seat to another sport is not the way to go. We got to stand strong, especially for the people who showed up to the fight and paid good tickets to see that fight. You got to got to let that can't you can't rob the fans. So, that's all I got to say about that. I definitely think I, I'm definitely proud of Canelo to win again, and he he pretty much got anything. He can do anything that he wants at this point. They were saying he possibly could fight Andre Ward, which I don't want to see because Andre Ward is older. If he was in his prime, then yes, I want to see Canelo fight somebody who's in his prime. In my opinion, he's fought a lot of good fighters, but I need some prime fighters like uh, Arthur Betabiev if he wants to fight him, uh, Demetri Bivol. Demetrius Andre, Jamal Charlo, I mean Billy Joe Sanders. I can go the list can keep going on. People who's in a prime that he should face. But if he doesn't decide to do that, whatever, um, it is what it is. I'm gonna keep giving my endless on these fights because I just love the sport in general. And that's all I gotta say. And this concludes this episode of Sides of Boxing. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening all the way to the end. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a positive rating if you can. And tell a friend to tell a friend if they're boxing fans. The next fight is with Devin Haney, Billy Joe Sanders, and KSI versus Logan Paul. And I'm going to give you all great content on how that went down. So be on the lookout for that. And God bless.